This is a Sunday message from New Community Church in London. To discover more about New Community, visit newcom.church. and it's almost Christmas. How exciting is that? This is our last Sunday before Christmas. Woo! Christmas. Um, Megan, I really enjoyed your fa la 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 I think that was a very good version of it. I'd prefer if it sounded like that, actually. Um, that's great. We're going to talk about Christmas presents. So I want to have a little bit of interaction now. So give me a hands up. Give me a hands up if you have ever got a pair of socks for Christmas. Most of the crowd, most of the crowd. Some people in this corner haven't over here. Um, I have had multiple pairs of socks for Christmas and it's actually on my wish list this year. I really want a pair of socks. Nice new pair. Um, And hands up if you have ever got given a pet for Christmas. A dog, a cat, a snake, a tortoise. Over here, the silly kids, yay. And and we've got some pets in the back here, pets there. Someone this morning, and Megan as well. Someone this morning shouted out, pets are not just for Christmas. And it's true, pets are not just for Christmas, but they can be for Christmas as well as the rest of your life once you have them. Um, And who has been given a Christmas gift that they didn't like? Ooh, a lot of people. Anyone brave enough? Oh, this, this whole front row. Anyone, anyone brave enough to shout out what that was? A box of Heineken, and she looks at her husband with a glare. <laughs> um, I feel like some people in the room would enjoy that gift, but it's not for you. It's not, it's not what you wanted. No, it's not, it's not really your vibe. And that's great. Now, kids, there is a little challenge throughout this preach this afternoon. Are you ready to hear what the challenge is, kids? <laughs> John shouts, yes. Uh, not you, John. Um, kids, if you draw me the best Christmas pr- picture during this preach, you will get a chocolate coin, okay? So you're going to come up to me after the service, you're going to show me your picture, and if I judge that it is one of the best, you will receive one of these. Adults may not compete, so don't draw during my pe- preach, adults, otherwise... I'll take away one of your Christmas presents. I don't know. Do something. But anyway, I love Christmas gifts. I love thinking about them and buying them and thinking through what to buy for people each year. I love thinking through, oh, what's something I can remember about this person? But then when they open this gift, they'll think, oh, Catherine remembered that. That's so thoughtful. That is my dream gift. Something that is like perfectly thoughtful. And sometimes that is absolutely impossible because I'm trying to think what's something I can remember that they said as a one-off that then they'll be surprised by. And this does work as long as the person remembers that they said that thing, which sometimes they don't. And then that's very awkward. But not everyone approaches gift giving in this way. For example, John approaches it very differently. John, when he's thinking through a gift, he's thinking through what is the funniest gift I can get for someone? What is a gift that will make that person belly laugh when they open it. So he's walking around the shops, looking at things, just searching the shelves, seeing, does that make me laugh? If I was Ben Power, would I laugh at that? If I was Hannah Shapland, would that make me laugh? And he's just thinking through the lens of what is funny. And sometimes it is actually really funny. Other times, it's just random stuff that he thought was funny. Like for one year, for example, one year, John got me a packet of gummy bogeys. We're talking snot-shaped sweets, which the next year I wrapped up and gave to him. 
and I assume he is wrapped up and he's going to give back to me this year with a pair of socks. So there we go. That's our Christmas fun sorted. Thank you, John John. Um, But gift giving is all part of this season. During Advent, we're preparing for this Christmas day. We're preparing and thinking through all of the people that we care for, all of the people that are in our lives, and we're buying thoughtful or funny or meaningful gifts that we wrap up and give to them as a sign of how much we love them, how much we care for them, that we have thought of them. And in that regard, the Advent season is beautiful, isn't it? It's so beautiful. It's a wonderful season. But in lots of other ways, gift giving included, like me, stressing over the most thoughtful, perfect gift, which is impossible, December can be a pretty stressful month, right? All the parties, the family dynamics, the food, the social things, the travel, and this year and last year, we can't ignore it, COVID. That's been pretty stressful, hasn't it? Especially this year, it's pretty stressful. But COVID or not, we can go through the month of December saying to everyone, I just can't wait for a holiday. Can't wait for a break. We're just going to make it to Christmas. Can't wait till we're there. But then what happens when the Christmas holiday is over? Christmas Day's done. We get to January. We get to February. And sometimes those months, if we're honest, can kind of suck, can't they? Well, like January and February. (sighs) And we're in February and we're saying, well, it's almost Easter. Or it's almost summer. At least the weather's getting warmer, you know? We're ready. We're ready for that. And we sort of live in this weird perpetual cycle of waiting for our next break from life. That's a little bit strange. And maybe you feel like that today. Maybe you've come in and you're feeling, I just can't wait for the holiday. And that's okay. I I feel like that as well, if I'm honest. I've had many moments over the past few weeks where I'm like, I just can't wait for this Christmas season, for this holiday to just have a change of scenery. I've been reading what a lot of people will have to say about Christmas. And one of the quotes that stood out to me was a quote by Diedrich Bonhoeffer. And he's a theologian and pastor. He was a pastor around in the time of the Nazis, and he stood up to the Nazis, and he was actually killed for doing so. And he was in prison over the Christmas season, and so his reflections are sort of through the lens of being in prison and in a prison cell. And this quote really stuck out to me, and it's one to mull over. He said, A prison cell in which one waits, hopes, does various unessential things and is completely dependent on the fact that the door of freedom has to be opened from the outside is not a bad picture of Advent. Completely dependent on the fact that the door of freedom has to be opened from the outside is not a bad picture of Advent. And we'll unpack that a little bit more throughout the preach, but sometimes life can feel like that, like we're stuck and we're just, we don't know where to go. We're just looking for an escape, but we don't know where to find it. And whether you believe in God or not, the Advent season is a time of waiting. It's a time of longing, longing for a Christmas day, a perfect day where family comes together around a table, where there's food, where there's fun, where there's special times, where we step away from our ordinary lives for a special day. But then when Christmas day is over, we return to our ordinary lives and the metaphorical prison cell hasn't been opened, the world hasn't been changed, our hearts haven't been changed by Christmas day. But what if a day 
could change our hearts? What if a special moment could unlock us, could change everything for us? Let's have a look at the original Christmas story. We're going to be reading Luke 2, verses 8 to 20. If you have your Bible, feel free to open it up to there. If not, it will be on the screen behind me so you can read along. Luke 2. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over the flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off. They found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. So the shepherds are shepherding away. They're living their ordinary lives, doing their ordinary jobs. And what happens? God breaks in. The angels bringing news that a baby has been born. And not just any baby, not a random baby over there. No, a baby that could save the world. And now the shepherds would have heard the religious leaders of the time talking about this. They would have heard the prophecies that a Messiah was coming, this promised Messiah. And so they were longing, they were waiting for this. And now they're standing face to face with angels telling them, now the Messiah has come, now in your day, now you get to go and see him. And just to be really clear the shepherds weren't high up religious leaders if you'd seen them in the street if there was a today equivalent you wouldn't have thought oh wow they're someone of significance that's someone really important if I was God I would pick them they're just everyday people if you thought about the most normal job I don't know what that would be for this room but maybe they work in a supermarket or something like that just a really ordinary job and God chose to come to them and say A baby has been born. Go and see him. The Messiah has come. And what do they do? They go. They leave their ordinary lives and they go and set their eyes on Jesus. And they see that everything they had been told was true. And then what happens? They return. They go back to their ordinary lives, to their boring jobs, to their everyday Their circumstances hadn't changed at all. They left the ordinary for a special moment, for a special day, and returned back to the ordinary. But 
What's different about this special moment to our special Christmas days is that in that moment when they see Jesus, they're changed. Their circumstances aren't, but their hearts are. In that moment for the shepherds, everything changes. And that is what God is in the business of doing. He wants to break in to ordinary lives in a special moment so that you can go back to your ordinary life completely changed with a different perspective. He wants to come and unlock the prison cells, whatever that looks like in our lives, and bring us deep healing and freedom and peace and joy so that our lives are filled with new colour new purpose, new meaning. That is what God does today. And just like the shepherds were longing and waiting for the coming Messiah, there is a longing and a waiting in us. And and sometimes we put things on this longing. Sometimes we put people on this waiting. But when we get those things, We're not always fulfilled, are we? Or if we are, it's not really forever. Because the thing breaks, it goes out of fashion, we get a bit bored of it, or it breaks up with us, or whatever it is, it doesn't fulfill. And that's because inside of the longing for a holiday, or a partner, or fun, or things, money, significance, a job, whatever it is, there is a much deeper longing. There is a longing in all of us to feel fully alive to feel valued, to feel fully known, to know that we are loved, to feel like we have a meaning. That is what we long for. And what if our longings had a different destination to the things that we try and put it in or the people we try and put it on? What if our longings could be met? And the message today is they can, but only by one thing, by the person, the God who created you. Only in him, only in his love will those longings be satisfied because he is the only gift that doesn't break, that doesn't go out of fashion, that never disappoints, that will never break up with you. He lasts forever and ever and ever. Long after you're gone, he will still be there. He's the only one that can satisfy our longings. And society cries to us, just be a good person and you'll be fine. That's all you need. But there's so much pressure in that because what is good and what is bad and how do we decide who fits where on the scale? And the message of Christianity is totally separate to that. It's nothing to do with being a good person. You didn't do anything and God came to you. You were just sat in your prison cell and God chose to come and unlock the doors, not because you're awesome. I'm not here because I worked really hard to get to know God. I was at the lowest of the low and God decided to come and grab my hand and pull me out of my life so that I could get to know him. And my life was transformed. That is what God does. That's what he's in the business of doing. And we can get so wrapped up in this season we can quickly lose sight of what this season is all about. And I feel like the invitation for Christians here today is actually to remember. It's to remember what God has done for us. That our hearts that were once encased in a cell 
have been unlocked and set free by God's love. And he wants us to remember that. And as we look on him, as we fix our eyes on him this season, we will find him more lovely, more beautiful, more kind, more good than we ever have before. And when we're transformed, continually transformed by him, his love and his grace, it really does change everything. It means that as, after we step away from this special Christmas moment and step back into January and February, whatever that might look like, lockdown, more restrictions, masks, who knows? And the rest of our lives, all of the unknown, we can look at all of that through God's eyes, through the perspective that he's gone, given us, and we can say, it is well with my soul. I am perfectly loved. I am fully known. I am at peace. I know fullness of joy and fullness of life. That is the gift that God wants to give you today. So the invitation Christians today is to say, yes, I want to remember that. I want to know that afresh this Christmas season. I don't want to get wrapped up in the busyness of life and all the presents. I want to know him and the gift that Jesus is more. And maybe there's some of you here today that don't know God, that have never looked into this before, or you've been sitting here for years and years and years, but you're saying, I have never experienced the love of God. I've never experienced that peace, that joy. You can today. You can. It's not about what you do. You don't need to sort your life out. God is coming to you today. This could be a special moment that changes your entire life forever. He wants to give you his peace and his joy. I'm going to invite the band up again. And I'm going to pray. And if you would like to respond to that, pray along with me. But I'd also encourage you to, Christian or not, chat to a friend after this and pray that this season you would get to know Jesus, that you would know him more, that you'd come out of Christmas and into the new year talking to God more, thinking through all of your decisions and all of your life dilemmas with him, that you'd be fully focused and fully um, concentrated on the living person of Jesus Well, let's pray together. Father, I thank you for the incredible freedom that you've given us. That where we were once enclosed in prison cells, you have set us free. And God, we say today, we want to know you more. We want to love you more. We want to become more like you. Won't you transform us this season? So that when we go back into January and February, we're more joyful, more peaceful. We look more like you. Our faces shine with your life and your light. Give us a new perspective and refresh us for this year. We say yes to you, Jesus. And God, I just want to pray for this room. Lord, won't you come by your spirit now? I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here. We believe, God, that you touch hearts that only you can transform that only you can save and so right now across this room God I pray that you are just resting on people that they would experience now and through the next song a tangible sense of your love that they can't even sum up in words won't you come Lord Jesus and bring waves of your peace your incredible peace that doesn't make sense 
we thank you, God, for your refreshing spirit, for your powerful presence. And we thank you more than anything, God, for your love and your forgiveness, God. We pray this in your precious name, Jesus. Amen.